This episode of Y'all Heard is brought to you without censorship of language, because I just keep bleeping the F word for some reason. If you'd like us to return to a somewhat edited version, please call us at 570-PODWAD1. Y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all, Y'all Heard. Heard, a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips, are kind of like those words that hang off of the one word in the crossword puzzle. And, like, you can't figure that one word out. But we are, like, the words that, like, oh, this across. Oh, this across. Oh, this across. And then you're like, wait a minute, I think I get it. And then we all get it together, and we feel accomplished at the end of the show. I don't get the analogy, but I'm also half asleep. Been doing a lot of crossword puzzles lately. In other words, but tell you things you didn't know, you needed to know. And we're not related. Pete, how's your week? <laughs> so my mom came to visit, and that's why I have crossword puzzles on the mind, because she takes her physical newspaper, which she still Pete's gets. mom is a crossword puzzle. <laughs> She's so hard to figure that out. That wasn't even funny. Um... <laughs> She takes the crossword puzzle out of the daily newspaper and she puts that one page aside and then she brings them up to me when she visits or she gives them to me when I visit her. They're fun to do with other people. Crossword puzzles? Yeah, crossword puzzles. I don't need other people, Marissa. I I don't like doing it by myself. I didn't mean for crossword puzzles. I mean at all. Oh, that's how your week is? No. Um, oh, okay. I did, like, the only thing that I, like, I <laughs> okay. was trying to think of how my week is, and I just thought, like, well, I did this, which isn't really, like, doing a thing. Anyway, I got an 80s X-Men-related comic book that follows the mutant Sunspot. And when I was a kid, uh, I had a card, like, they had comic book cards, and I had this card of Sunspot, and I was like, he looks cool, and is he, like, absorbs the energy of the sun and uses it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. But, like, he's never really a main character in anything, so I got yeah. this one where he's a main character in this series called Fallen Angel, and uh, it's, like, That's eight cool. issues. So I started reading that. That's fine. I, I also spent money on uh, the infamous Iron Man, which I don't remember if I told you about or not, Marissa, but no. after Iron Man dies, Victor Von Doom, a.k.a. Doctor Doom, goes, maybe I'll be the hero now. Oh, that's fun. What you said previously reminds me, when I was younger, in the 90s, my brother had Marvel Swimsuit Editions. If you don't know what that is, I would look them up. Anyway, I would look at pictures and decide, like, this is my favorite superhero. And I don't know if you're familiar, but I was obsessed with a superhero named Cersei. I don't even know what she does. I don't think she's ever started her own comic book. I don't know. Maybe she's an Inhuman? I also was drawn to Polaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think she was magnetic. I think she's like, uh, I feel like I read this recently. She's like one of Magneto's children. Oh, I didn't know that. Like a stepchild okay. or something. Maybe in like. Well, I also other... liked her, and I don't think she's ever had her own comic, but who knows? How's your week going? Oh. Oh, God. Something happened, and I'm not sure. Not to get so cliche. But I'm really thinking, like, why am I... I'm, like, emotionally unhinged. Like, I'm real with you guys. I'm on pills because I'm anxious. But, like, since I went on those pills, I get sad situationally. But, like, my baseline is pretty normalized. But, like, my baseline is not normal right now. Like, I'm, like, baseline depressed. And if anything happens, I feel like I could cry. And also, like, I was getting anxiety headaches. 
and I was like, is this because I overbooked myself this week? Which I did, and I'm a textbook introvert, and I can't function like that. But I realized all of this started with the shootings, and I think I'm a little stressed out. Rightfully so. After the shootings, which I'm trying really hard. I don't know if I should say this. Maybe you could cut this out. <laughs> trying really hard to not hate white people. Um, but it's a struggle sometimes. Pete is white. I love Pete. But I mean, like, I'm sorry. Is this something I shouldn't say? I don't know. It's an internal struggle. <laughs> you're you telling me to cut it out, but you're also addressing the audience. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, you know, like, I'm just, it's hard. And also, like, a day after or two days after the shootings happened, the school I work directly next to and eat in their campus every day, there was a terroristic threat. That someone said while buying ammunition that they were going to shoot up people in that school. So I kind of got afraid for myself. And I mean, there's just like too much happening. Yeah. There is just too much happening this week, like real stuff and fake stuff together. And I'm unhinged and I don't have a therapist. <laughs> Having a really bad time. And uh, I ate a lot of gluten. And I don't know if I've ever told you what happens when I have gluten. If I eat too much, my joints hurt. But if I eat a bit, I become insanely lethargic. And it's painful that my eyes are open right now go back to our y'all heard a gluten episode <laughs> yeah so was this real yeah but you know what you're my friends and i'm telling you what i'm going through so woo! <laughs> icebreaker peep tomorrow you get to go to a gigantic pet store tell me what pet you buy and what you would name it the gigantic pet store does that does that matter? That means they have all kinds, not just kitties and doggies. They have basically any pet you want except for exotic animals and moles that you're not allowed to have. I'm probably going to go with the dog anyway. Like, I okay, know well, that they're, like, okay. <laughs> no? What the fuck? Dogs are the best animal. No, no, no. I mean, like, like I'm not going to go with a tiger because oh, I don't yeah, know if I'm going to be able gross. to tame a tiger. <laughs> no, you're not. Sorry. Similarly, like, I've known people who had ferrets, but, like, I don't think I want a ferret. <laughs> so How go are you going to, like, in the middle of the night, I'm going to see it moving and be like, do I have a rat? And then I'm going to kill my pet. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a dog. And it's okay. going to be, like, old enough to take care of itself a little bit. It's not going to have so much energy that I'm going to be like, ugh, this dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be small enough that I could pick it up if it's running away. And I don't know. It could be cute or ugly. Whatever. Did you say what you'd name it? No. I think I'd have to look at it. But if that's part okay. of the icebreaker. I always have Winston saved for a dog's name. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. I imagine Winston is a terrier. I think, yeah, it fits terrier. But I'm afraid that other people will call him Winnie. So... Maybe not. That's gross. Call him Stun, because he's a stunner. <laughs> I was reading an article the other day about this person who named their dog Taco Bell, but B-E-L-L-E, and then it had puppies, and then they named it after Taco Bell Foods, and one of the dogs was called Fiesta Potato. I thought that was the most adorable name ever. But then I don't know, like, I'm not going to call out Fiesta Potato. That's a long name, like, if I'm looking for him. Nighttime. He ran away. Fiesta Potato! Yeah. So... I feel like potato is not enough. I feel like I still need a word in top in front of potato, but like one to two syllables, not a three syllable and potato. So either I name it something potato or just 
See, I would call it duty by default. So I was yeah. going to say I'd name it duty, but no. Like, I'm just going to call any dog duty. Duty potato. <laughs> no, not duty potato. <laughs> so something about some duty or potato thing. Um, I want a mutt, probably, because I just yeah. feel like mutts need love, too. What or else that? I'd have one of those, like, sleepy, snotty, bulldoggy things. Okay. But probably a mutt, because my beautiful, my beautiful, like, like... What? Angel dog. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Legacy? I don't know. Dog with a mutt. Half German Shepherd, half who knows. She's yeah. beautiful. She lived to 19. I didn't have a dog that wasn't a mutt, so I'm with you. Yeah. And mutts live longer, just so you know. They've seen some shit. Yeah, they have seen some shit. We're both falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Two, two things to share. My father, you would think that this was rooted in something, but my father said, mm, if... Tanya was a human. Tanya was my dog. I think she'd be a prostitute. Don't know what that means, because Tanya never had sex with another dog. So it was a weird thing for my father to say. Two, even though I hate horses, I decided I love mules. This is a wild development, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a mule for the first time in my life up close. They have really big eyes, and they're pretty, unlike gross horses. (laughs) That's all. We can go to the show now. (laughs) Oh, speaking of mules... Huh? How about this? We're gonna we're gonna talk about some actions that sound a little asinine. <laughs> okay, that's cute. That's I, a reach, but it's cute. Yeah, I, oh, you have to tell me it's a reach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, recently, a New Yorker article caught my eye because of the title. The title was "Why Facts Don't Change Our Mind." It attracted me because it dealt with an idea that I've been thinking of a lot lately. For like, and when I say a lot lately, I mean for like a couple of years, maybe like four or five years. Okay, <laughs> and, okay. And it's the idea of being right. And I know a lot of people who go to extremes and behave foolishly to prove a point that they believe to be true, even in the face of facts, their facts are better for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who pride themselves on being right. And I admit that I fall for it sometimes too. The difference maker to me, though, is how hard some people hold on to the idea of being correct. There are some situations where being right is important, but so many more where <laughs> it doesn't really matter, especially when you factor yeah. in human emotions. Uh, if I say that the carpet is teal and you say the carpet is green, and you are so passionate about it being green that you're brought to tears disagreeing with me, what do I get? I need mental help. <laughs> but, like... What do I get out of still fighting with you? I mean, teal is blue-green, so let me just let you have this. It's not important. I agree. But some people would say, no. You That's need based to... off a real fight that me and Pete had that <laughs> brought me to tears. You need to school that person so they know the difference between green and teal. And it's like, that's not my responsibility, and I don't care. <laughs> so... The New Yorker article starts out with an allusion to a 1975 Stanford psychology study. I'm sorry, an illusion or an illusion? Illusion. Okay, just making sure did it start with an illusion. Uh, subjects were given two suicide notes. One was real and one was fake. Uh, the subjects were asked to identify which of the two letters was real. When the results were shared with the subjects, they learned that some of them got all but one correct. Others got more than half wrong. In phase two, the subjects were told that the results of getting like all but one right or half of them wrong were a complete lie. They were totally made up. So step one, they tell you like, oh, you got all of them but one right. 
And you're like, hell yeah, of course I did. I'm good. And then in part two, they're like, actually, that's not true. Um, you know, you didn't get all of them but one, right? So in phase three of the study, they were like, uh, hey, so now we want you to guess how many you actually did get, right? The result of the study was that those who were told they did better believed they did better, and those who were told they did worse believed they did worse. What this resulted in is a conclusion that even when the foundation of correctness is pulled out from under individuals, they hold on to their convictions, and many studies after this confirm the results, reasonable-seeming people are often totally irrational. Um, I could believe that. Speaking of irrational, Marissa and I have talked many times in this particular podcast about our irrational fears or beliefs in icebreakers and things like that. Um, oh, I thought you meant we have irrational beliefs in the existence of icebreaker. <laughs> I misunderstood that. Okay. I mean, we are really holding on to them, even though I yeah. think the audience knows us by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I don't think that our irrational fears or irrational behavior or whatever you might have picked up in this podcast has like exposed us to anything that's been detrimental maybe i'm afraid to go skydiving despite statistics that say that it's safe but that only limits my ability to experience skydiving so i'm not too worried about that it's not influencing other people i mean our non-listener cassie mcdonald said it was life-changing so you're missing out on a potentially life-changing event as told to me by our non-listener friend what does that matter to you or her I was joking. I just wanted to bring no, the to the show. <laughs> also, 25% of Americans have an incurable sexually transmitted disease, but we still find tons of reasons to bone when we can. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a lot of great reasons to bone, too, even if your partner does have an STD. Uda, who's had an STD scare in their lives? Hands up. <laughs> am I right? Am I right? Yeah, you can't see, but... One or both of us raised our hands. In a new book called The Enigma of Reason, <laughs> two scientists ask us to consider a mouse who thinks the way that people do. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't see me, Pete. I raised my hands. <laughs> I don't want you to think we were alone. I might not have told you about that one recently. Continue. Well, I guess the audience now knows. <laughs> yeah, oops. I didn't want you to be alone. If you are a deductive reasoning expert... Um, so to quote this particular article, again, this book, Enigma of Reason, two scientists asked to consider a mouse who thinks the way that people do. Such a mouse, quote, bent on confirming its belief that there are no cats around. That sounds horrible. I know. It sounds hilarious to me. <laughs> um, would soon be dinner. To the extent that confirmation bias leads people to dismiss evidence of new or underappreciated threats, the human equivalent of the cat around the corner. It's a trait that should have been selected against. Now, when they say that, they're talking about natural selection, that it should have sort of been, like, oh, okay. evolved out of us. The fact that both we and it survive proves that it must have some adaptive function, and that function, they maintain, is related to our hypersociability. Okay. So, in other words, because we are social and bound tightly to our relationship ties, whether it be through experience or choice, whether it be people around us or people who have influenced us in the past, we often make decisions that value maintaining those social bonds, even though logic tells us that what we are deciding to believe is categorically incorrect. It's kind of disappointing. But it makes a lot of sense. It like does. If, if it's you're... Yeah. <laughs> 
if you identify yourself as a person who decides things based on logic, for example, you can make very rational decisions that adversely affect others emotionally because you're not factoring that into a logical equation. If you identify as a Red Sox fan, then you will strongly believe that the Yankees suck. In both cases, your identity is influencing your reasoning, and your reasoning can prevent you from experiencing a lot of illogically beautiful things like love or really nice people who just happen to be Yankees fans. (laughs) So when social stuff goes to technology, this train of thought becomes even more fragmented. It's easier to find mistruths or twist things online. It becomes easier to tailor a fact to your needs. It's easy to confirm your feelings and ignore the rest. There are algorithms that are made just to do that for you. And so in a post-truth society, many media outlets have learned that presentation of facts don't draw big numbers, but personal stories, passionate talking heads, and emotional triggers do. So are you saying we are in a post-truth society? We are. (laughs) Oh, shit. Quite unfortunately. (laughs) Now, this isn't really like the most popular descriptor, (laughs) but it makes sense to me. In a post-truth society, a little confidence can take you a long way. And a little confidence can turn into a little delusion. And then from delusion, you can become you zealous. You president. Yeah. <laughs> and when we say post-truth, we don't just mean that everybody's lying. It's almost like building a vision board of disinformation. So post-truth also matches with buffoonery. And this is the thing that's really... I'm sorry, what about buffoonery? Post-truth grows with buffoonery. And that's, oh. that. this is my transition to the president. <laughs> Based on a piece at theconversation.com, which is a site that is rated pretty fair uh, on the political spectrum. It seems like they represent both sides. Mm-hmm. When you are confident, you can talk shit. You can make promises you can't keep. You can make claims that you can't always prove. And when you have side jokes and exaggerations that contribute to buffoonery, these help soften really the meanings. You really like that. <laughs> soften the meanings and undercut the words that you're saying. So... I know I work with somebody who's like, oh, he's just saying that he doesn't mean that. But then if he's just saying that and he doesn't mean it, what does he mean? It's hard for you to know what he means and what he doesn't mean. So it becomes difficult to decipher. Yeah, what matters and what doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. It also calls out the language of silence. So when you don't say things or you call out others for not saying things, that can also undercut the truth, even though you're not actually saying something. For example, some say that there's no reason to acknowledge a flat earther because it's total nonsense. A flat earther would say that you're not answering them because you don't have any information to disprove their theory. Ooh, that's a, that's a fun argument. Then once you answer them and you provide your proof, you are acknowledging the credibility of their theory by attempting to disprove it. Okay, that's uh, becoming a bit much, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So in another book, because that's what this New Yorker article was doing, it was sort of bringing a bunch of recent books together to try to look at this as a, as a whole. And there's three, four groups of people who are writing about this particular topic right now. So it's obviously uh, on people's minds. So in the book called Denying the Grave, Why We Ignore the Facts That Will Save Us, a psychiatrist and his public health specialist daughter examine the things that we know to be true based on evidence. The climate is changing. Vaccines are a good thing. Guns are dangerous. They found that when we stick to our guns, when we win an argument or feel superior to another person who backs down, we get a rush of dopamine. It feels good to be right. I mean, yeah. And it feels bad to be wrong. (laughs) No surprise. 
So we all recognize the implications of this in politics and media and news and all that stuff. That seems obvious to us because it's someone else far away. But this happens constantly in interpersonal relationships, too. One of my exes was convinced that I must have been up to something nefarious in the relationship. Despite the comforting that I tried to provide, the lack of evidence, she just could not be convinced that I wasn't a she horrible was a guy. She was a psycho. We can look at several factors that could have elicited this response for her, but that's not what this show is about, and it's not nice to do that about other people, <laughs> to speculate as to why they behave the way that they do. Fair enough, but if you ever want that episode, we're ready. <laughs> uh, we'll make that a Patreon bonus. <laughs> I like that. When we dig in on our impre- in our impression of what's right, we can turn to our basest instincts as well. Cruelty and aggression rise to the surface, and this pulls the humanity that we have down a little bit. I see this a lot, even with progressive people that I know, who are like... I, I, for example, one person that I know was like, well, one of the ways to solve this particular problem is to arm the liberals. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's the opposite of what you want to do. <laughs> God. But you are sort of going to a basis instinct, which is like, if you're going to attack me, I'm going to attack you. If you have a gun, I'm going to get a gun. And so, again, it sort of takes out a lot of the human aspect of this. Just know, this is why I have anxiety. Why being right doesn't matter. Five things much more important than being right. And why it's better to be human than to be right. These are all pieces that explore why it's okay to not be right. Like, if you're actually wrong, taking ownership of your situation of being wrong leads you to learning from that experience, and that is awesome. Yeah. Since all of this has examined deep-seated convictions, remember that you can't change another person. It's okay to concede to someone when you're not being well-received, because winning an argument with a stranger about who made the wrong maneuver on the road will seriously not matter if there was no car accident that happened. Yet we all throw up our hands in disapproval of the other driver because we know that we're right and that feels good. What if someone were to argue, yes, you can convince people, Pete. Maybe you can't because you're weak, but I'm strong. I'm going to back down from that argument because that's a meta version of what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. When I leave feedback on a student's paper and they shrug it off like I'm an idiot... They're not showing that they're right and I'm wrong. They're displaying a lack of openness to new ideas or maybe a detachment from their own work that they don't really care about. Chiefly, kindness, humility, and a general sense of zen can emerge when we start to recognize that winning a fight probably doesn't matter. And let's not forget that everything exists on a spectrum. Nothing is solely right and solely wrong, correct or incorrect. Even math has a set of assumptions that you need to accept before completing the functions that we all know and love. That was a line that I didn't edit because of you. (laughs) I was like, Marissa's going to like me talking about math problems that we all know and love. Yeah, uh, I just thought you were speaking in, in like, you know, pretty terms. We all know I don't give a shit (laughs) about math problems. Not about Pete, but about math problems. What if I told you I am a math problem? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a whole nother episode. So everybody, take it easy, breathe deep, get out of your own way, and move past the problem. It's okay to be wrong, sure, but it's also okay to not be right. And if you haven't learned the difference between those two in this episode, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you haven't learned the difference, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about, Marissa, the situation that you were in with the Lyft driver this week. It's very weird. By the way, I think this is also contributing to why I feel like I want to die. 
uh, I was in the car with a Lyft driver who was just talking about his um, careers. He's younger than me. He's 22, so like 11 years younger than me. And all of a sudden, with no segue, he said, like, I, you know, I don't know what kind of job I want. I'm in this position I'm in because we all sinned and we fell from grace. And I was like, whatever. Like, I'm a Christian. Like, I've, I don't like certain ways of prevent presenting information. But I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then he's just like, but, you know, man didn't do the sin all on his own, you know, because, like, man was like a god and then he ate from the fruit of knowledge but the fruit of knowledge wasn't really a fruit it was philosophy but the thing is he did not take the fruit on his own he had this accent i'm not making fun of yeah. someone <laughs> also we're both hispanic i'm allowed to do this he was hispanic <laughs> uh he's like woman is a weaker vessel so it's the woman who ate from the fruit and gave it to adam you know and then he turned around and looked me in the eye as if either you were the me. woman who did it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, huh? And then he was like, but you know, like man didn't do it on his own because women did this. It's really cause a woman and they're weaker and like man was like a God, but they had to break one of his bones to make a weaker woman. And I'm like, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. So, um, so Marissa was a little upset. She was talking to me that she was like upset that she didn't like maybe stand up in that particular moment. And that's the thing. I was like, you're trapped in someone else's car listening to them psychobabble for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't the time when you stick to your guns and you fight with the Lyft driver. <laughs> you know so, what? That does relate. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so again, sort of using this idea consider the fights worth having and maybe they're not necessarily worth having in a particular situation yes that doesn't mean you won't be sad afterwards because again i'm unhinged and i suffer from some things but i did sort of almost cry in a fitting room and i didn't know why and then a man bumped into me and i decided women are living a tragic life <laughs> But I, got I it. don't mean to be harping on it on this particular show, like this podcast that we do, Marissa. But did you see my Instagram story about how they put the six foot eight WNBA center? Uh, oh yeah, I did. I did. In the middle seat in coach. That was really <laughs> to the All Star game. <laughs> that was a real bummer, <laughs> guys. Not to be dumb, but it's 2019. I didn't think I'd be ruminating on women's. Rights and equality, quite to the extent that I am lately. I'm kind of bummed, but whatever. Anyway, also, I told Lyft about it. I gave the guy a three because like, he's young. I think he's just, like, excessively religious. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's something deeper than this. No one else should have to go through this. So then I, I messaged Lyft, and I was like, I gave this guy a three star. But he said some really offensive, really misogynistic, really upsetting things. And he was saying some racial stuff, too. And I was like, I think this is important. And they still haven't said anything back. And I would be very disappointed if they don't. Anyway, this episode isn't about my Lyft experience. But I'm just saying, you, you do need to pick your I, battles. I'm proud of you for doing that. Yeah. But yeah, you need to pick your battles, though. He's right. Like, I wouldn't have achieved anything yelling at him back in the car. But his employer does need to know that he's fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. What is it? Do you have any questions first i just gotta say i have a number of people in my life that feel the need to be right i 
one of them right now popped into my head, one of yours, and I'm just like, uh-huh. I I feel like we probably know the same, the same one. Uh, and I think that's part of growing up in the, the choose your battle thing. I realize, yeah, like I'm, I'm getting better at just being like, yeah, okay. Because like the older I get, the more tired I am, and I only have so much energy. <laughs> I don't need to argue what kind of soda is the best. I don't need to argue whether or not the men of BTS look like women. I don't need to argue whether, like, yeah, I'm going to stop before I implicate myself or other people. But, yeah, it's just that wasn't a question. But I'm saying that that is definitely a sign of maturity, whether or not you need to be right, I feel, like, to an extent. I don't have any questions. That's all sad, but I guess not that surprising, but sad. It's not for So do you have a fun plug to pull us out of this hole? Mine's not fun, so I can go first. Yeah, go first. All right. (laughs) So when I got to the end of this particular set of notes, I got to that part where I was talking about how nothing is absolutely one or the other. And Mm -hmm. so if you're interested in that concept, the concept of non-dualism, I suggest a book called The Naked Now by Richard Rohr. And it's an examination of non-dualism. No one's all good. No one's all right. And when we recognize that we have some small amount of the thing that we disagree with in ourselves, it can lead us to greater understanding of ourselves and others. At the very least, it can help us cope with existing in a world where we think that many people shouldn't have that thing that is so prevalent in them. (laughs) So it kind of helps us accept people a little bit more. Just want to let you know that while that plug was not actively fun, it wasn't actively not fun. I would say it was neutral. <laughs> the neutral plug of sorts. This is not a plug like a thing, more of a plug of a concept. That is a kind of no-brainer, but I don't do it ever because I have no self-control. Uh, my brother does it a lot. Where it's just, if you're stuck in a rut or you're like really upset about something, I personally am having a really shit week. And because of that, I haven't cleaned my house for a very long amount of time. So much so that no one's allowed to come over. <laughs> So today I saw this really dumb thing I wanted. It was this glitter slime shaped like a piece of duty. And then you squeeze the slime and an action figure comes out. And I was like, I want that. And I was like, you're a psychopath. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it, but I'm not going to allow myself to open it until I clean my whole house. So if you need some motivation, you should half gift yourself. Get yourself something you want, but don't let yourself actually open it or engage in it or do it until you achieve something that will make you feel good about yourself okay so i know that's dumb and i know that's like not anything profound but in case you forgot like that's an idea of how to just like motivate yourself i remember that today and this is me reminding all y'all and the duty poop looks really fun (laughs) and you haven't opened it yet no i just i just got it today it's a green glitter duty poop all right i said a duty poop I meant a duty slime. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not just putting glitter in my own duty. I'm getting excited to play with my own duty. I'm not there yet as a person. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can follow me at Riss, R-I-S-S, Vandal, V-A-N-D-A-L, on Instagram. Um, and if you want to call us, tell us how you motivate yourself to get out of a rut. Tell us how you deal with your anxiety. I can't think of something that could tell us related to your topic. Can you think of one? 
Uh, no, I mean, you, if, if it's cathartic for you, then you are welcome to, of course. Oh, tell us about a time when somebody... I swear to God I had that in my head, but it just fell right out. Uh, you could tell us about a time when somebody made you feel crappy for not being right or something like that. Tell um, us about a horrible argument that didn't need to happen that people in your life made you argue about. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't had a call since April 30th, so it would be nice if you called and said hello, okay? You know what it would, because I'm having a really tough time. Tough time, guys. Yep. Really tough time. Call us at 570-POD1-1. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter. At Y'all Heard Pod. And Google a picture of mules. I can, I'm, you know what? You can follow me on Instagram at PetaBides, and I will post a picture of a mule in a little bit. Okay. So, cool. you guys listening, you might have to scroll a couple of days because this is being recorded early. <laughs> so, yeah, just know that I love mules and I think horses are gross. I love mules. Oh, I'm sorry. I just you don't want me to make a love funny noise. an animal? Mule. <laughs> I love mules. <laughs> it's a funny word. It's a funny word. There was a live mule in the play I saw this weekend. Sight and Sound Theater is very cool. Okay, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.